What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. This is cornerback Cam Johnson. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruins Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, once again, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing today? Doing great, Bruni. Uh, you know, we're just doing great things out here. Oh, oh really? How was how was your off week, Colin? How, how did it go? That's what we're doing great. It's It was an off week. Uh, you know, came, came back from a good week against, uh, against Houston Baptist. And we're just getting prepared for SMU now. Did you better yourself, Colin? Are you a better person than you were? We get better every day. Oh, wow. You go to practice. You get... Have you been playing basketball? Uh, no. Uh, hurt my elbow. <laughs> this this guy, Colin, is hurt every single... For those listening, Colin is hurt every single day. It's, some, it's a different part of his body. It's like, oh, my elbow hurts. Oh, my knee hurts. It's just a different... Bernie, I have a connective tissue disorder. Are I... you making fun oh, of me? Yes. <laughs> it's exactly what I'm doing. It's exactly Listen, what guys. I'm doing. If you guys need help with with bullies like Bruni, <laughs> you DM me on Twitter. Okay? All I'm saying is, last time we played basketball, Colin, you didn't score many points. I'm trying to help you improve. I scored more points though than I normally do. Three is is more than two. It I'll, was more I'll than three. <laughs> it was more than three. Um, I don't know about that, but anyways, welcome everybody to our podcast of the pre SMU podcast. I guess you want to call it. Um. We obviously took the last, what is it, nine days off since our last podcast after the HBU win, and now we're preparing for SMU, who also had a bye week, uh, an unexpected bye week, uh, because they were supposed to play TCU, and then, you know, COVID happened, situations happened, and so they had to end up canceling that game. So all we have to go off of is their 31-24 to win over Texas State, which, early plug, Colin and I will be watching tomorrow, so on Thursday, um live on periscope on twitter so i figured i was gonna watch the game anyway so why not make it live on twitter for you know to have fans join us and you know just watch it together man of the people bruni i'm it's what i am colin (laughs) thank you thank you for that thank you meanwhile i'm getting bullied by him it's okay though you know (laughs) you got to keep your head up yeah thank you for that (laughs) so yeah we're gonna preview uh smu a little bit today um but more so we're just I want to get into what we want to see from North Texas I think that's the big thing here is the importance of this game you know what we want to see from North Texas Latrell all that good stuff and so I figured there's no better way to start this podcast off and to get the SMU perspective in here than have our man Colin Kennedy join us I mean he's he's the best right OU North Texas SMU he does everything for 24-7 sports so Colin are you there I am here and I am honored. This this might be the greatest accomplishment of my entire sports journalism career to be a member and guest of Bruni's Breakdown podcast, along with the creative director, V. Colin Mitchell. And we share names. I mean, I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> I, I literally just I literally just heard you on RJ Young's show yesterday with, you know, thousands of listeners and and we come and then he comes on here and he says this is the greatest one i i'm going to take it to heart and i'm going to say that it's the truth you know that's, that's what i'm nothing say. else you can say I, so i appreciate oh, it man. yeah i mean in terms of like coolest things i've ever done greatest honors i think rose bowl number three heisman trophy number two and then it's not even close bruni's breakdown number one i mean it's far distant way at the top of the mountain Wow! Thank you so much, man. That is, I I hope we can continue to deliver um, on a regular basis for you and for all the fans out there. Really. So, Colin, 
let's let's get into this game because um i'm not gonna lie this is a pretty different smu team from last year just from everything i've seen everything i've heard about them and i didn't i haven't got to watch the texas state game yet that's why we're gonna watch it tomorrow and so we wanted to have you in here and so just let us just give us a quick you know recap an overview of this smu team what's different about them where their strengths are and just you know what what to expect yeah, I think I was really excited to see what SMU brought to the table this time around because going into this year, the Mustangs had some question marks at what their usual strength would be, and that's the skill positions, right? I mean, you lose James Prochet to the NFL. You lose two key running backs in Xavier Jones and Kimon Freeman to graduation. I mean, those are some major names gone from a Mustangs offense that was some of the best in the nation a season ago but this time around I mean when they took the field against Texas State it was made very clear very early that they haven't taken much of a step back at those skill position players so that's probably this team's strength going into 2020 I mean obviously Reggie Robertson Jr. is back at wide receiver the West Virginia transfer is as dynamic as they come on the perimeter but the pieces around him were what I was really hoping to see because obviously Robertson in the past has had some injury situations and they didn't want to overwork him and so Rasheed Rice is a wide receiver that North Texas fans need to keep on their mind. The guy stepped in and really provided that boost that SMU needed with Prochet being gone. He had over 100 yards receiving. Didn't have a touchdown, but 100 yards plus on five catches is exactly what they wanted out of him, especially to ease some of the load on Robertson Jr. And then TJ McDaniel, man, a lot of North Texas fans will pick up that name. He was a Southlake Carroll yeah. legend, basically a running back. The guy went absolutely bananas at the running back position, even with those two seniors obviously gone. He had over 130 total yards of offense and a score. So SMU's got some dudes at the skill positions, which obviously when you reconsider the fact that basically the Mustangs blew the brakes off of North Texas last season, the scoreboard could be lit up pretty quickly. So I think that was my biggest thing in terms of strength takeaways i want to see the offensive line bounce back there's a battle at right guard i thought the offensive tackles who are both veterans coming back had some really nice moments bo morris and jalen thomas both bigger bodies who can kind of be those veterans on the edge but i think the defense kind of got a little bit caught off guard against texas state even with McBride, the quarterback for Texas State, flopping around like he's trying to get on some sort of hoops highlight tape. It was just weird to watch him play hero ball against a Mustangs defense that didn't really know what it was doing. And so I think those were my primary takeaways overall from the squad. It's still a very good football team. I really like what Sonny Dykes has done with the program. They're way more notable than in the past. And I'm excited about this matchup against SMU. I think this is a team to be reckoned with once again in 2020. Yeah, I feel like you kind of hit on it with the skill positions from SMU. Um, I feel like that's just that's got to be the one of the main things to watch here is the young North Texas secondary against guys like Robertson um, and Bouchelle and I mean McDaniel's running back. I mean the secondary I feel like has a lot of pressure on them from North Texas side of things to kind of to to keep SMU in check and not give up those big plays like they did the last. I mean, basically every year they play. You t- you t- and you talk about big plays. How do you? The spread's only fourteen. Yeah. So what did what did Texas State do that North Texas can replicate? Do you think to where it's not a blowout like it has been in years past? 
Great question. And I think for North Texas, this actually plays into their favor. So there were some missed blocking assignments up front for SMU's offensive line, especially in terms of trying to protect against the blitz. Obviously, when we talk about North Texas, those speedy inside linebackers for the main green aren't always a huge advantage when it comes to size. But in this game, when you factor in that speed and athleticism, maybe that's what really helps Clinton Bowen provide some sort of advantage in the box. I mean, SMU's interior offensive line just simply struggled to pick up the blitz, and I think as a result, Texas State was able to create some difficult situations for Shane Bouchelle, and he made some poor decisions at quarterback, I'm not going to lie. So if North Texas can replicate some of those blitz packages and provide some pressure, especially on the interior against SMU, I mean, Bouchelle's going to have to speed up the process, and it could recreate some of those bad decisions that he had against Texas State to begin with. Yeah, I mean that was the talk of all the fans. Everybody was, oh no, they didn't, they didn't get to to Bailey Zappi. They didn't, they didn't create pressure on the on the the defensive line. And obviously, it's a much different offense when you play SMU than HB. That's a dog. All right, and she's gone. There you go, Colin. <laughs> Maya Mitchell. Damn, that's it's been a while since since she's appeared. It has been. There you go. So, Colin. I'm going to ask you this. North Texas will win if fill in the blank. All right, so North Texas will win if, and I'm going to go to the defensive side first, if they're able to provide some sort of defensive resistance on the perimeter. I think, obviously, North Texas secondary, we've talked about it a lot. It's young. It's inexperienced. They brought in Jordan Rucker as a transfer who gained that immediate eligibility, and it seemed really encouraging. But then, as you guys know, we were all in attendance for week one. I mean, Rucker did not really factor into the game plan that I think we all expected. And so, when you go into a game like this, and you know how good SMU is yet again at the skill position, and and you know that not only do they have Reggie Robertson Jr., but they have Rasheed Rice. They have T.J. McDaniel, a running back, who can provide maybe a third down presence in the passing game. I want to see these corners and safeties step up. And I think if they can provide any sort of defensive resistance and make sure that SMU is not absolutely lighting up the scoreboard up and down the field, then I really think North Texas could have a shot to win. And that's what goes into the other side of the ball. North Texas wins if offensively they really establish the run. If SMU isn't able to go up and down the field and North Texas controls the clock, then the Mean Green have a really good shot at making this thing close and maybe even winning the football game. Obviously, you mentioned the spread is 14. I've got North Texas covering mainly because, okay, you weren't really blown away by Trey Sigurds. Probably more disappointing outing, I think. If anything, you are kind of hoping to see a little bit more from him as the home run hitter. But at the same time, I think you're really encouraged by what you saw from Colin Mitchell's guy, the Oscar Attaway. I mean, Shout out Oscar Attaway. was an absolutely unstoppable force in the second half. And if he can recreate that, man, I, I really am encouraged by what could take place for North Texas. I mean, DeAndre Torrey's going to be there. He's going to be consistent, but... If either Siggers or Attaway can be the big gainer and, and then make sure that North Texas is consistently picking up first downs, I have no doubt in Jalen Darden or Jair Shorter, but if those running backs along with maybe some some quarterback run game can be can be created with Jason Bean, then North Texas is a shot to get this dub early on in their second game of the season. 
Yeah. You mentioned that you don't want SMU to move up and down the field like they have in years past. What do you think, like how, how much resistance do the corners and secondary have to do to where North Texas can kind of go toe-to-toe on the offensive end with SMU? Like what do they have to limit them to? Yeah, sense? yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good question to ask. I mean, what's the point total? At what point does this thing get a little too out of hand for North Texas? And I'm going to put that mark probably around 40 points. I think North Texas and SMU both expect to score a ton. But, I mean, to see North Texas get up into the 40-plus range against an SMU defense is obviously a ton better than Houston Baptist. would be pretty shocking for me. So I think if, if North Texas's defense can hold SMU to like that 35 range, maybe 38 at max, then maybe the Mean Green have something. But I would hope at the same time that that score is much less because that would mean that the run game has been efficient for North Texas to that point. So that's kind of the cap for me. If they get to that 40-plus mark, I just don't see the Mean Green keeping up with SMU at that stage. Yeah, exactly. Now, lastly, before we let you go, because we're going to get into this in a bit, but I want to get it hear it from you because obviously you've been a North Texas fan for a long time. And so what? how important do you think this game is for North Texas and for Seth Luttrell? For me, if I'm putting it on a scale of 1 to 10, I would put it in the 7 to 8 range. I mean, pretty high. Look, for you to get, I mean, yeah, it's really high, but I think – you get in the 9-10 range if it's a conference game. Yeah. And obviously, this is a non-con matchup, but it goes so high for me because, number one, as someone who's followed the program for a long time, I know how much this rivalry means. But then number two, as I've gotten into the whole professional sports media business, I understand how impactful this game can be from a recruiting perspective. I mean, Varkey's Gums, you know, that's my guy. I really covered his recruitment. And he looked at me when we were doing his commitment video for Mean Green 24-7. He said, hey, I want to get to that SMU game for sure. And he knows a lot of other players are going to have their eyes set on this matchup. And so for North Texas, if they want to continue to prove to be an up-and-coming recruiting force, specifically within the state and in the region, they have to try and win these football games, especially in this rivalry setting where the stadium's apparently going to be sold it out in the COVID era. I mean, if they can create an atmosphere, put together a really solid showing and get the victory, this is going to be really beneficial for Seth. It's going to be really beneficial for the staff overall. And it's obviously going to be beneficial for the program because not only is it a meaningful win, but it really helps you look good in the eyes of some really talented prospects within the state of Texas. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's definitely the, I feel like it's, that's the main point. We're, we'll, we're going to get into this later in uh, more depth, but I definitely think the recruiting aspect might be the most important aspect of this game. Because I'm, I'm starting to question... Obviously, you know, with the situation everyone has with, you know, the limited amount of non-conference games and then, you know, just I feel like everyone's more focused on conference this year. That's what I'll say. But from a recruiting standpoint is where I I do see this being a very, very important game. Now, Colin Mitchell is obviously Oscar Attaway and Austin Ani, hype man. And Colin Kennedy, you are the Upton Stout, uh, the captain of the the Upton Stout fan club. Now, Stout Island, Stout Island. <laughs> the mayor of Stout Island here, uh, Colin Kennedy. We appreciate your time, man. Um, again, man, you do great stuff for OU, SMU, and North Texas. We appreciate all your help, man, and we're looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Gonna be a whole lot of fun, guys. I appreciate y'all. Hopefully, we can do this again soon. For sure, man. Take it easy. See ya.
what a guy what a guy shout out colin kennedy again how does it feel to know the top two collins in the world it honestly i don't even i don't even know any other call oh there was colin johnson receiver at texas he was a great he was a yeah great and we know how big a ut fan you are <laughs> it's not that's it's not true so he's number one on your list okay no i see I mean, <laughs> but yeah no, no cool. man uh, again shout out colin <laughs> kennedy for joining us um and for all the work he he's done uh to help us out especially with the varkey's gums commitment that was a huge um opportunity for us to you know help help him out in his decision and and um really make a splash in the recruiting scene so that's what we're trying to do more of and we're glad we have him on our team so Colin I want to start off with first let's 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 react to a couple things that that he said I think well okay how about this did his kind of spiel on SMU change anything as far as your um, approach to the game goes I feel like every year I have been the North Texas, uh, I guess, cheerleader in terms of the SMU game, it's always been like, this is the year. They're going to mm-hmm. do it this year, or yeah. it'll be close. Yeah. It'll be a shootout. And every year I am disappointed. So I expect that to be the same thing this year. Although I would like them to cover, man, I don't, I just can't see it. It's, um, I think he's right in that their skill position players are going to be very tough to contain yeah Texas. that's what I'm and they always about. have been and, exactly and there's nothing on that I saw last week that makes me go oh yeah they got it this year you yeah. know what I mean and you have Robbie Robbie Reggie Robertson Reggie Robertson and then you have like you said running backs and you have a new secondary on North Texas there's nothing where it's like you know like last year I had Nick Harvey to go off of or I had you know all these dudes that we had supposed, experience right we had we had dudes that we thought were going to be able to do things and now we have completely new guys and because of that reason I don't expect to see a close game one thing wow one thing I will say is that I think the linebackers wow. the linebackers for North Texas are going to be huge for this mm-hmm. game and for every game in the season. I think they're going to have to take pressure off of the secondary and when they're in coverage, and they're going to have to obviously help off help with the run and um, pass pass rushing. And I think they're good enough to do that. That's why I I'm somewhat hopeful in that those three linebackers, Larry Nixon, Katie Davis, and Tyreek Davis. I think that those three are good enough to play with SMU. And while there are uncertainties in the back end, yes, I mean, Cam Johnson, I think we both will agree that he's the one mainstay of this secondary that I believe in him to cover whoever's in the slot or whatever zone he's in. I believe in him. But everyone else, like you said, is is new. Like, we, we don't know. Deshaun J- Gaddy just got the, the starting job. Yeah, did really. he even play the full game last week? Uh, yeah, two I mean, weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, Keelan Crosby, Mikhail Sanders, both of them have their limitations. There's a lot that needs to be proven. And where last year we were just wrong, this year we don't know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's – maybe that's better. Who knows? Maybe they'd come out and play well. But, you know, the expectations can't be high because we haven't seen them. At and, all. and on the other side of the ball, how can we come up here and say that Jason Bean is going to put up more points than Mason Fine could? So that gets to the next point in that uh, Colin Kennedy – was obviously, I think he's right in that. If if SMU hits forty, the game's over. Oh yeah. So, but I think if it gets close to forty, it's probably it's close probably to over. <laughs> because I mean, I again, this offense is good. Nobody's saying that it's not 
good. I think it is going to be good for Conference USA standards. I really do believe that. I think the receivers are good enough to mm-hmm. be special. I think the running backs are good. And the offensive line, at, at worst, I think is average-ish. So, But is that enough to put up 35 on SMU? That's five touchdowns. With a uncertain uncertainty at quarterback exactly we don't, we don't even, even know who's the starter i didn't even i didn't even mention the quarterback yeah i i didn't even mention it because we don't know anything like i said last podcast i went back and listened to the last podcast we don't know anything about jason bean we don't know anything about Austinani. yep so i'm just leaving that as like a tbd we'll see honestly yeah. if he comes out and he rush and bean rushes for 60 yards and passes for 250 and has two touchdowns one pick They'll be in the game. They'll be in the game. But that's going to be a lot. It's going to take a lot. And SMU, while they are a very different team, they still have just talent coming out of their ears. It's a. It's not like it's a. It's not a P five level talent, but it's 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 close. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for North Texas, they're in a conference that gets better dudes. Yes. Yeah. They're just. and that's why the the win two years ago in 2018 when North Texas routed SMU, that's what made that win so special in that that was kind of a landmark victory and that kind of turned the tide in a lot of different ways from how North Texas A, perceived itself and B, was perceived. And that's what we hoped in 2019 was going to be the case again is that SMU is stacked, but at least if it's close, you know, then maybe they can be Houston or, you know, they can put, pick up wins somewhere else, whether it's Cali or, or whatnot. It would be kind of a step, another stepping stone right. in showing that you are on that level of a really good SMU team and they fell short. And so that's, that's where these games are barometers. Like these games are barometers for how they're going to be perceived. Where a program is really. Yes, exactly. And so that's, that's where the importance is for me. Now, I will say this gets into my next point. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, I think we've basically covered all like the basic X's and O's. I don't want to get in too deep here because again, SMU, we're going to rewatch the game, the Texas State game, and then we're going to have the, I'm going to write the preview for Friday, which we'll get in uh, super depth just like last week or just like the HPU game. Now, I've been seeing things float around on, on the Twitter sphere, basically saying, you know, how important this SMU game is. Mm-hmm. And, I agree it's important, but I think it's for different reasons. Like I kind of mentioned to Colin, I don't see this game as being nearly as important as it was the last three years. I think the last three years were far more important. So you had, again, 2017, the nine-win season. You were building up momentum, building up momentum. They lost to SMU pretty handily, but and that game, which was, I believe, at SMU. Yes, three years ago was at SMU. That's the type of game that if they win, then it's program shifting. It's program defining. And they didn't get it. But they bounced back and they had a good season with nine wins and a conference championship game appearance. Then two years ago, 2018, they win that game. And it is program defining. It's the season defining. Like, it's a huge, huge win. And then, so... That's the big win there. Then 2019, again, like I said, that's a chance for you to get on the map again. They fall short. This win does not put them on the map as those last three years do, in my opinion. I don't think beating SMU this year, especially considering they barely beat Texas Day and they didn't have the TCU game to play and possibly win, this game does not have nearly as much... I don't want to say I don't want to say it doesn't have as many eyes on it, but it doesn't have the... If North Texas wins, the impact is far less than it is the last three years. I disagree. 
Okay. Because Continue. if North Texas loses, the impact is far worse than what it would be if they lost these last when they lost these last three years. Because it's not worse than last year's it is. loss. No, it it's is. not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is because it, because then it, and it, then it shows a downtrend. Whereas opposed, where you where you wanted where you'd want to say, oh yeah, last year is an outlier where they should be, they'll be good in the future. You're then showing that you're not improving. Then the recruits won't start to come. Then you'll start losing out on recruiting classes instead of being the top three. Yes, you want to say something? No, I I agree. Recruiting standpoint, I will ne- I will never disagree in that this game is huge for recruiting purposes. And that's what that's what I mean. It's 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 not just the look of the program. It's in in everyone's eyes. Like the recruits, like you think they get a Varkey's gums. Next year, if they lose this game, no, well, maybe. I mean, they lost last year, but that's it's different. It's See, different. It, it's not different. Or it's it's well, it is different, and that's why I think it's it's um, this game means much less as far as you have a lot less the impact gain. of this season. You have a lot less to gain from winning this game, but you have much more to lose. I, I think it's I think it's less either way. I think it's less if you win and less if you lose. Besides recruiting, again, taking recruiting out of it, I think from a fan's perspective, players' perspective, everything. Last year, you look at last year's team and even the years before, it was always on the the in the upward incline. Right. Right. They were always going up. It was always like, okay, this is the year they could do this in non-conference play. This is the year they could do this and take the next step up. This year, there's so much uncertainty with this North Texas team that we both... And I think everybody expected them to be around 500, right? Five and six, six and five, somewhere around there. So how can we put more emphasis on a game against, again, an SMU team that's going to be worse than last year, most likely, and a North Texas team that's, again, everybody expects to be worse than last year. How are we going to put more emphasis on on that game than last year? We expected North Texas to be one of the best teams in Texas and SMU to be one of the best teams in Texas. We can't, we're not saying that this year. Right. So the teams are worse Everybody knows they're worse, and therefore the impact of the game is lessened. I would say for the people that North Texas is trying to eventually reach out to, they do not know that these teams are much worse than they See, were. See, but in the past. yeah, that, that's getting to recruiting. I think that's not even, but it's not even recruiting. You're not trying to just get recruits. You're also trying to gain exposure. It's like the Arkansas win, and we talked about how that didn't do anything in terms of how they marketed it. Conference USA didn't do anything special with it. You know, of course, you see the ESPN highlight always of that kick return but what else did they gain from that they could have done so much more with a win at arkansas you know what i mean whereas if it's if there's a casual fan they don't know who jason bean is you know what i mean they don't know who jalen darden is they know who north texas is and they know who smu is they know that smu has beaten north texas and they know north texas is north texas and the liberal arts school the goal is still to win these non-conference games to make the person who would rather go to smu over north texas to go to north texas over smu and be a fan of football i agree North non-conference games are important. I'm saying that I don't think there is any way you can convince me that this game is more important than last year's game. Last year's game had so much hype around it. Mason Fine, Shane Bouchel. Like you go down the list of those the the team between those two, James Prochet versus Rico Bussey, Reggie Robertson, Jalen Darden. You go down the list of those teams. And you're just like, okay, this these two teams could have like legitimately like NFL draft picks or NFL talent, and these are not P5 teams. Mm-hmm. Like th- these are this is a game that could put either team on the map. Right. And little did we know, North Texas would you know 
wet the bed <laughs> the rest of the season. But we thought that this was going to be a game between maybe the best team in Conference USA and one of the best teams in the AAC. Like, that's how big of a game it was. This year, everybody... Okay, well, I want to ask everybody this then. Everybody who picked North Texas to go 5-6 and six or 6-5, six and five, did you not do that with a loss to SMU in mind? You did. You did. You predicted North Texas to lose to SMU right. most likely. Right. So, if we're putting both of these teams on... You know, a step down from where where they were last year, and we don't even think North Texas should be favored largely. Then how are we going to say that this game has significant importance either way, win or lose? It can't. It can't. It cannot have. I think it would obviously be great if they won. I think the upside is huge, but it's not what it would have been last year. I don't think the upside is higher than it was last year. I think the negative is higher. You think there's more downside to losing yes, this year because than there last, was last year, year was you would look at it as last season a being kind of a a rough patch. See, Whereas if you lose this year and you continue to lose, then you fall off the cliff and you're well, back where you were three. Years, I would four agree years with ago. I would agree with that. If last year they would have won eight nine games, but last year they lost to SMU and they lost every game after that. So. It's not like that was just a rough patch. No, that was the season. And, and, and I, <laughs> that was the year. No, and I agree with that. But I'm saying in terms of, like, they still have guys on last year's team that can still prove themselves. Like, they still have talent on this roster. Like, they're not as bad as they were, you know, four years ago. Like, we're yes. not talking about that this team is as bad as they were on Mason Fine's freshman, freshman year. year. Yes. But the point is, is that you're trying to bring back talent like that. And again, I know this is. I keep going back to recruiting. But she, the the guys are like, okay, I can come in and, and and win against SMU. Yes. If they lose again, then you fall off the cliff and you're getting two stars again. I don't think. Well, personally, I don't. I don't. I see it as a yes. It's a big win. It's a big game for recruiting purposes. I will never dispute that. Um, but a, I mean, North Texas had a top three recruiting class in the class of 2020 after going four and eight like if they're if coaches are good recruiters they're good recruiters right but i'm saying largely if, regardless of how i'm saying does. if they if they do it again are they still going to be top three and that that is my point no it is it, it is going to be a struggle but this goes back to my initial point which i said when colin uh, colin kennedy was on the phone is that conference season matters way more than non-conference this year more than any year in the past uh, under latrell the conference season will determine how this season plays out. And the loss to SMU doesn't determine that. Whereas last year, the SMU lost. If you go back and listen to our podcast, when they, when they lost to SMU, <laughs> it's like, time. man, well, here we are. So, I mean, there goes the national recognition that they wanted. There goes the six for Heisman campaign. There was so much on that game last year that they just blew. This year, if they lose by three touchdowns, which I don't think they will, but if they lose by three touchdowns, I mean, come on. It's well, it will, the rest of the season defines how this 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 team is perceived way more than the SMU game. However, I agree with you and I agree with Colin Kennedy. The recruiting aspect of it is always large, which is why you can't downplay the game as far as recruiting goes, yeah. which is the lifeblood of any team. So, um that's going to be interesting. Uh, let us know what y'all think about that. How important is this game? Do you think it's more important than last year's game? 2018, 2017? Any of those? I don't. Um, <laughs> so you're wrong if you tweet at me otherwise, but feel free to. Um, I asked Colin Kennedy, North Texas will win if fill in the blank. Do you want to answer that question? That's tough. 
because I have da- I have written down what do you need to see from North Texas, which is along the same lines. Like, what do you need, you need to, to see? see a quarterback emerge for them to have a chance? If if Jason Bean or it can be either Bean or Ani, but one of them has to have separation this game. And if they don't, man, then we might be talking about a more disappointing season. It can't be either one. Why? It can't be. Why? Because that means Jason Bean goes out there and doesn't play well. Yes. It can't so that and they can't get off to a bad start because that means they would be down 7-0, 14-0. If by the time Jason Bean is playing bad enough to get pulled, he would have been playing bad for two to three series yes. at least. Yes. You can't give up two to three series against SMU and then come back and win the game with Austin on at quarterback unless if he's I would counter that with Tom Brady. We can't <laughs> I would counter that and say that you can't expect the defense you have to expect the defense to be able to stop them two of those three series if you expect them to win. Okay, yes. But I think... But but you get what I'm saying, right? And I get that, what you're saying that you don't want to get off to a bad you start. You kind of need but one need, quarterback. But, but regardless, to you have well. to have separation. And it has to be decided, I guess, in, to your point, earlier than later. Um, because if we don't see any separation... Because they're playing dudes that can play now. You know, this isn't some FCS defense... You're going to be able to see who makes the better reads, who makes the better throws, who can throw guys, throw guys open. If we don't see that, then there's a big issue going to next week. I think Jason Bean, we from all accounts, is going to start this game. Yes. And like I said, we'll play at minimum. Even if he plays horribly, he will play, I believe, three possessions. Now, I'm afraid... Even if he doesn't, even if they don't score a single point in those three possessions, I feel like Latrell's going to leave him in for the first half. Like he's going to play the entire first half, unless if it goes, unless if he has three picks. Okay, <laughs> unless it's like okay, drastic. But if it's just they're not scoring or they're just not, you know, being as productive, I think he leaves him in for the entire first half. And I don't have a real problem with that. I, I don't think, either because you don't want to kill a guy's confidence. And I think this goes back to what I said two podcasts ago when I was yelling at Latrell about picking a starter. I think this goes back to that and that when you play good teams. You, you have to have one guy ready, one guy take the first team snaps, one guy have all the confidence, one guy not looking over his shoulder, and one guy making the plays. If that's Jason Bean, who we assume that it they trust a little bit more than Ostadani at this point, you got to go. You got to go. I will say, however, that if he does come out at half, you can't bring him back in if Ostadani doesn't do well, better. The game will be over at that point. If Austin right. Ani doesn't play well in two possessions, the the game is going to be pretty much over. Right, but I'm saying same thing. You need to get both guys equal reps if they're playing equally as bad. Yeah, um, and again, the hope, like you said, one of them needs to establish himself. I think Jason Bean. I don't. I think he's going to have a decent game. I really do. I don't think he's going to have a horrible game. And maybe that's just me being positive. I don't know. You know, Colin. I've tried being positive recently. Mm-hmm. Um. You let me be the cynic now. Yeah, exactly. I let everyone hate on Colin. So I really think he's going to be fine. I think he's he's not going to do too much. And while they may not turn into touchdowns, I don't think he's going to put the defense in that bad a position with turnovers or with, you know, bad decisions on a If, if he plays as good as a as good as game manager type quarterback can and we don't see Ani, do you have an issue with that? No. So you'd run with you see that my issue would be that we didn't see enough of Ani against Houston Houston Baptist, and if yes if Seth goes off that game and goes yeah he didn't turn the ball over and he runs with him the rest of the season, what are we missing out on? Yes, you are missing out in that. I we still both think Austin Ani is the 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 better passer by a little bit. We both assume that, and we can't take from Jason Bean's you know 
40-yard jump balls to Jair Shorter that, you know, we cannot take from that that, oh, he's a good passer. He can do that. No, Austin Ani can do that too. I look at the missed throws, and both of them missed throws. They mm-hmm. both did, but I still believe Austin Ani to have a little bit more precision in his passing, especially in the pocket, whereas Jason Bean can move and can make plays outside of the pocket, which is why I would start Bean for this game. But like you said, and like I said, I think the last podcast too, is that if you get down and if it goes punt, punt, interception or something like that, why not throw Ani in there? You know, that, and that that that's my concern with with Seth is if he's doing just enough to keep himself in the game, you got to take him out. I, he he shouldn't have to play horribly for Ani to get reps. And you need you need to see Jason Bean mm. do either good or you need to see Ani do good. In my it, opinion, I think you brought up a good point. It depends on the defense. It depends yeah. if if it's man. No, because I, I could see either way, honestly. This is where it gets really difficult, and this is where it gets really convoluted. So I said last podcast that if it goes punt, punt, interception, and you're only down 7-0, you know, into no, the first you take, quarter. you take Bean out. Do you take Bean out? But then on the other side, you could have an argument to take Bean out as well. Is if you go punt, punt, interception, and you're down 20-0, to you take him out too? Yeah. Okay, so, so he just can't be bad at all. Well, no, he can't. Okay, he needs to be able to make a play. Does that make like he? Okay, he needs to pass the eye test. He needs to pass the eye test to where we can look at him playing against SMU and go. Even if they don't score, you're confident with him. Yes, that's what you're saying. Like, like he could. Like, if it goes punt, punt, interception. Was the interception just an awful, awful throw? Was the punt because Jair Shorter dropped a pass that he should? You know, there's different things. Yeah. Like if if I see Bean go out there and he just misses all these throws or just runs too much or whatever, you got to put Ani in there just so we can see what he can do against a better defense. If not, then you're doing him injustice and you're doing yourselves injustice for not. If you if you truly don't know who's who's different and who's better, you have to give them both looks because. Because it's not going to get any easier against Houston. No. And you need to know. Yes. You need if, to figure it out. If they don't have a quarterback by Houston, then then we... You can be... I will be as mad as you were. <laughs> I will be as mad as you were. <laughs> no, you make a good point, though. If It still should be treated like a quarterback competition. Yeah. Regardless that's a of, good point. Regardless of the levity of the game, this is still a tryout. Because you are... And this goes back to my point of... What I said earlier is that I think the conference season now is massively more important, especially with the injuries that we've seen to UAB's quarterback. Southern Miss guys leave and get fired. Like it is an oh, it is a lot more open of a conference than maybe we predicted coming in. And for a team who we predicted to go five and six, six and five, if you can win six of those eight conference games, you're looking at a seven and four team. And that is huge. So I think you bring up a good point, and it's a point that maybe I hadn't thought about enough, is that they still don't have a quarterback, and you need to figure out who the hell your quarterback is because you have Houston next week. Mm-hmm. So unless you want this to happen twice, you need to figure it out. Yep. And if the Bean's the answer, then play him the entire game. Yes. If you know Bean's the answer, play him the entire game because yep. all we know is what we've seen from Houston Baptist and you know what I saw from the scrimmage. But don't... Obviously, we're not the people who are making the decisions here. Right. Trell sees them every day in practice. Right. So if he knows it, go with him the whole game. Shouldn't be a question. But if not, if there's a doubt, play them both. And yep. let's see them. That's a good point. Um, 
I was thinking about who I want Jason Bean to play like, like an NFL quarterback type. And I was thinking like maybe Dak Prescott, but then Jason Hill. <laughs> oh, that's disrespectful kidding, to Jason Bean. It's disrespectful to Jason I'm Bean. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking because I, I watched Ani, Ani double pass to Bean. I watched, I watched Kyler Murray play uh, the 49ers this weekend. You just compare Jason Bean to Kyler Murray. I did. So here's why. I watched them play the 49ers. And Kyler Murray had this isn't going to be similar at all in this respect, but I'll get you'll you'll see my point at the end. Kyler Murray, I believe, only had nine passes to receivers in that game. Entire game. All of them were to tight ends or running backs. No, I'm sorry. Flip that. Jimmy Garoppolo only had nine passes to receivers. Crazy, right? Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers. And if you watch Kyler Murray on the other side, he was doing a lot with a little because obviously the 49ers are an amazing defense I'm not comparing that to SMU's defense per se but the way Kyler Murray carried himself he ran 13 times was only touched on one of them so either slid or got out of bounds on the other 12 that's the kind of efficiency that you want out of a quarterback it's make the easy reads yes make the easy reads make the easy runs don't put yourself in harm's way and take shots when you have to when you can and from what I saw from Kyler Murray is obviously I'm not gonna say that's what I expect from Jason Bean, but to a much lesser degree because Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray was going against the damn 49ers, I think I can take a little bit away from that, just in what I want to see. So, um, my my only issue with that is that I don't think Jason Bean is as dynamic. good in the open field. Dynamic. That's the good generalization word, but you know what I mean. Like he's not gonna break three guys' ankles to yeah. to get to the end zone. Um. Let's see what else here. Let's see what else here. Do, do, do. Um, I mean, for, as far as North Texas skill position players go, I'm worried. Are you worried more about the receivers or the running backs? Running backs, one hundred percent. Why is that? If Trey Siggers isn't is a shell of himself again, listen, man. If Oscar Addo is going to start, he's got to start. <laughs> man, Trey Siggers. I I I don't know. I went back and watched the game. I still believe in Trey Siggers. Of, of course, I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying I'm concerned. I know you're joking, Colin. You're laughing. I was laughing because I love Oscar Attaway. There's a difference. DeAndre Torrey had the, had a really good game too last week. All I'm saying is that Trey Siggers had to do a lot with nothing last year. He needs to try to do it again. <laughs> I, I, I think we see all three of them. I do agree. Um, but I think that the running backs are obviously in correlation with the offensive line. And uh, SMU runs a three-down front this year, so it'll be interesting to see maybe if that can open up a little more running lanes than in past years. But I, I think it's gonna. I think the run game is going to be huge. I think they're going to have to establish the run, which I think you could say about every single game for North Texas. But um, against good teams, teams that we perceive to be better than them, especially when you have a young quarterback that's in his second start of his career. You need you need those running backs and you need the offensive line. Like this isn't Mason Fine here where we're like, oh, you know, if they could run the ball, that'd be great. No. You need <laughs> You can't be one dimensional. Yes, you need to run the ball. And that's one thing I heard from the offensive line. I heard from Latrell is that the old cliche, you know, run it till they load the box and then throw it. Wow, that sounds easy, coach. That sounds amazing. Just run it for five yards of carry, and then once they put that eighth guy in the box, then you could just throw it to Jair Shorter every time. <laughs> 
Wow, I didn't think about that. What? <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> um, but no, I, I don't mean to be facetious or harsh, but I mean, if it was that easy, then... Everyone would be doing it. And we'll, we, we'll see it on Saturday if it is that easy. Maybe it is that easy. Maybe they know something we don't, Colin. You ever think about that? Jason being at running back, Austin Ani at quarterback? Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. I don't even know what I'd do if I Imagine. saw that. I'm gonna leave the the thought that I just had out of my head out of uh, this podcast. So, anyways, um, we have one question from a listener today, and I think it's a very interesting question. And we're gonna do this, and then we have over unders. We'll get to, but this is kind of an extension of our earlier talk. So, CMC and Forever asked, "Seems like this game will be a good assessment of where North Texas is with Latrell. What does?" He- what does that mean if he wins? What does that mean if he loses? So only from a Seth Luttrell perspective, does this change the our perspective of him? And if so, negatively, like how how much I should say on either side? If we see him, if we see the same as what we've seen in years past with play calling and whatever. Again, Houston Baptist. Although I I saw I liked what I saw. It's an outlier, just like AC was last year when we saw all those RPOs and tight ends. Yeah. If we see the same old, same old, or lack of adjustments in in the game, or Bean stays in too long, or Ani stays in too long, listen, man. You know, I don't know if we could, if if I could sit up here and be like, Seth's gonna lead him to blank. You know, yeah. It, he he might be. It might be his time to be on the hot seat at that point. In terms of the eye test, he doesn't have to win the game. I'm not saying he has to win the game. I'm saying how he loses or wins the game. You don't like what I said. Explain. No, I just I just like the silence. I don't like. I, I just like watching like you watching you squirm for a second. <laughs> it's, it's awful. <laughs> I mean, you just said Seth Luttrell should be on the hot seat if, if they if, if they lose if badly if he does what he does in years past. If they lose badly, you're saying Seth Luttrell should be on the hot seat. No, not necessarily. If it's if they lose badly because of him. Okay. All right. All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> Do you Mitchell. disagree? Um. Yes. You can't tell me eyes wouldn't be on Seth Luttrell if it was the same old There's a difference between eyes being on the trail and the seat being hot under his butt. Okay, what do you consider a hot seat? I consider it as eyes are on him. I consider a hot seat as like you're on the verge of being fired. Oh, okay. I don't consider it that. I consider it like... I think that's what most people would consider it. Oh, I'm stupid then. I'm a Lions fan. (laughs) (laughs) Is Matt Patricia on the hot seat, Colin? He should be. There you go. After that loss y'all had last week. Jesus. 9-23. What a a record. Anyways, but I mean like you need to... If he loses game in the same way that games have been lost in the past... It looks really bad on him. It looks really bad. And then you have to really evaluate how the rest of the games go. Win or loss. I think it does look bad, obviously, if they lose in a three, three, four touchdown fashion, especially, then you're like, okay, maybe, you know, the trail is just not quite there yet. Um, <laughs> but it goes, but I'm not going to go as far. I, I do think that, yes, you can evaluate the eye test and you can see how it plays and you can see his adjustments and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I go back to what I've been saying this entire podcast. We didn't expect him to win this game. We didn't expect right. Texas to I'm win this it's game. Okay and we, if he loses, it depends on how he loses. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about throwing sequiturs in there. Like, yes, if they lose by five touchdowns, then 
people are going to be calling for Latrell's head. But I think in a normal loss, if they do lose, I I, I look at it kind of just like, eh, you know. It, I look at I look at it like this. It happens. I look at it like I, this. I think this is what if, we expected. If in Seth large. loses in the game because of the way he's calling the game, then you need to look at it. Yeah, but nothing's going to change. Right, I know. I'm obviously, but I'm saying that's when we we need to sit here and be like, okay, Seth's not the savior of North Texas football. Okay, but if okay, but if it's Jason Bean or if yeah, it's that's a, player, a very big question. It's a very big. That's a very big conversation. Right, does that point. make sense though? Yes. No, it makes sense. But that's a very big conversation that I feel like a we've kind of had before, and b I don't really want to tackle again because we could be here for an hour arguing. Well, we, I'm not about saying. I'm just saying if Seth Luttrell's the savior <laughs> North Texas needs. Because no, I'm just saying. I'm I, just saying we need to. <laughs> like last year, we would all say it was the coaching staff over the players. In yeah, term, because you have yeah. Mason Fine. Yeah, I was like, yeah. If it's the same thing, if you're in a position to win and it's a third down and one, and you run it like four times in a row and you don't get it, if whatever, like the, we've seen in years past, it's the same type of thing. If we see the same problems, look at it. Okay. Now, what does it mean if he wins? Is he the savior then? If he wins, <laughs> he's not the savior. But if he, <laughs> I hate you. But if he wins, that means that he can win without Mason Fine. And I think that is a storyline in its in its own in its own right, because he's only been able to win because of Mason Fine, and he also squandered Mason Fine last year. Even if it was Bodie Reader or the defense, you need to be able to win without the player who was probably the savior of yeah. Texas. Yeah, the real savior. Um, I honestly haven't even thought. Okay, this is going to sound bad. I honestly haven't even given too much thought if North Texas wins. But imagine if North Texas won. Well, they'd be sitting here 2-0 and would be like... Imagine. Well, people would be saying Seth's the savior. Imagine the, <laughs> imagine the chaos. But the, but, the, but the positive chaos that would right, ensue. But, that, but that's what I mean is, is can this team without Mason? And we don't know if they can yet. Because we don't know who the quarterback is. Well, regardless, yes, yes, we don't know who the quarterback is. But we've only seen him win with Mason or we've only seen Mason had the expectations so high that they fall under them yeah and, it, and it's important if it, if they win this man Seth Seth did some good things especially <laughs> for not having a quarterback coming into the game if they win all I don't know what I'm gonna say on this podcast if they win are we doing a podcast right after the game if they win the game's at five right it's kind of early that is kind of early actually maybe 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 <laughs> maybe um but yeah no it <laughs> I honestly, I haven't let myself think that far ahead, honestly. So shut up, Bernie. And I do think it it could be close, but it's just kind of like I don't know. It's kind of scary to think that if what they have you shown if, us lately, if they win, I'm, I'm I, I think it's just because I'm kind of programmed over the past year and a half, and that just to be let down continuously. <laughs> exactly. So I don't want to get my expectations too high. So that's probably what it is. All right, Colin. You want to do some over-unders? Let's do some over-unders. All right. These are completely fictitious over-unders. Don't look for them in Vegas. Don't look for them on your betting app or through your bookie. But if you want to bet your friends, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to if you want to make some prop bets with your friends, please feel free the to Bernie's do The Bernie's Breakdown so. Sportsbook. It's illegal to start one. We can't we can't promote that, Colin. Uh, the the we can't, we can't Bernie's Breakdown that. Betting? That's, that sounds even... Sounds way worse. <laughs> sports betting, yeah, sports betting. When with I Colin and Bruni betting, it can be whatever. I bet that you <laughs> marble race off and then <laughs> start a marble race channel. Okay, Colin, do you want to go first? Sure. 
All right, how many of these do you want to do? Do you have like a specific number? I don't have a specific number. We don't really can't come prepared for this. Well, that's because that's that's what makes it even better. But we, okay. you kind of get a loose interpretation of what we think about the team. <laughs> okay, okay, go ahead. Over under seventy yards for Trey Siggers. Um, damn. Under, under. Why? I could see. I could see a night like. 15 carries for 50 yards, 55 yards, which would put him at about three and a half yards per carry, which isn't great. But I think as long as he's efficiently getting, and as long as that's not like, you know, one big run and a bunch of like no, no yardage runs, I think that's okay. Um, I think if he continuously can push for four yards a carry, I think if he gets around four yards a carry, I'm pretty content with that. But also, I don't think he gets over 15 carries. I think DeAndre Torrey gets eight seven eight which takes some and then oscar attaway or nick smith probably oscar attaway obviously would get probably the four to five which takes away from Siggers as well um and there's an off chance that uh, not an off chance but there is a chance that smu gets a lead in which puts pressure on north texas to pass the ball a little bit more so with all those things i, I feel pretty confident in saying under 70 for for uh trey Siggers. what about you Oh, I have to answer my own? Yes. I thought we were just going to... Okay, okay. Oh, okay. You want, no, no, it's you okay. You have to answer it. I'm going to say... <laughs> you have to answer. I'm going to say over. You didn't... Okay. Why? I'm going to say that he breaks a run, finally. I'm going to... I think that he... Uh, yeah. We see a little bit of old Trey because I don't think that this team is going to have a chance if it's just constant two yards, four yards, five yard runs. You need to be able to break the... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I already thought about my next over under. Oh, okay. I was like, what did I say? That was so funny. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I guess you go. You, okay. You took you took it from me. Shane Bouchel, over under, <laughs> over under. You were to say some stupid number. I'm not gonna say a stupid number. Three hundred yards passing. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say like three seventy. Which I I feel like sounds low but 300 yards passing is a pretty damn high number all things can Mason fine numbers like that's pretty <laughs> damn high I'm gonna say who this is tough <laughs> if he gets over 300 they lost Shane, Shane Bouchelle over under 300 passing yards over okay that's tough man I don't think the secondary can hold their receivers they couldn't in years pass Sorry, what are you gonna say? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. They couldn't in years pass. There's no reason for me to expect it now. Granted, I would be very happy and I'd be proven wrong if they did. But you need to show me that you can do it. I'm going go under. How far under? Book it. How far under? Not not far. Not far. <laughs> not far. Here's my thing. Two reasons. Well, I'll say one reason. The other reason isn't as nice. First reason is I really think North Texas defense is not going to give up the big play like it did in years past with the ref it. I think we saw with Houston Baptist, they're willing to give up the underneath stuff a lot. Like they really don't want to give up that deep stuff because I don't think that they think, I don't think, I think they know exactly how good they are. That's what I'll say. I think they know that we don't want to get in a man press one-on-one coverage with Reggie Robertson like we did with Nick Harvey last year. We saw that we saw that movie play out time after time after time. Those were way too easy. So I'm gonna say under because I think that while Bouchel might go 25 of 35, 
if if even if those are 11 yards per completion and you don't give up those you know multiple big plays you're looking at a 275 yard game you know somewhere around there i think that's very manageable and while i don't know if that wins you the game because like we saw against houston baptist it was kind of bend don't break for this defense you're gonna bend and you're probably gonna give up scores but as long as you don't give up the big play i think that that's what north texas is gonna have to i think that's what their motto is gonna be for a lot of the year Ben don't break my <laughs> their motto. My cons- that's, a, that's a motto in a lot of my defenses. Con- my concern, though, with with not giving up the big play and just giving up everything underneath, is that SMU is going to know how to get whatever they want underneath. Whereas Houston Baptist only had the the three plays. Yeah, like you don't have to have any of their receivers just run past. You know. Deshaun Gaddy, like they did against Nick Harvey last year, they're going to have guys get open as opposed to Houston Baptist only being able to go to one guy. Yeah. Just from my eye, what I saw is they did a lot of, North Texas did a lot of three deep stuff with Cam Johnson over the middle of the field or over one third of the field. And then you had the other safeties drop back. And then you had, that's where you had the linebackers and the corners kind of take the the middle and underneath type stuff, which still leaves you kind of susceptible. Um, but I just don't think. I don't think the secondary is good enough to be super aggressive, and and I don't mean I don't mean aggressive. I think the corners are in a lot of ways, but from a safety perspective and from a pass rush perspective, because in order to create turnovers, a lot of times you either have to get pressure on the quarterback or you have to have you those safeties just come out of nowhere and make plays. And I don't think they have either one of those as strengths per se. So they they can be aggressive as far as corners go, jumping routes and whatnot, but they don't want to be aggressive. They're not going to be naturally aggressive. I think that's a better... I guess that's a better term. And that pass rush is not going to be naturally effective. And their safeties aren't going to be naturally... You know, Earl Thomas is making plays in the back. So they have to be selective in how they're, they're aggressive. And I think we'll see a lot of three deep type stuff and a lot of safe stuff. And that doesn't give Bouchelle a chance to just load up and make passes to Reggie Robertson deep. With that being said, I did talk to Clint Bowen last week or so I think no it was before the HBU game and that he's kind of adamant that he doesn't want it to be easy like Refit's defense where you could just kind of make those underneath catches we saw in the second play of the game where Deshaun Gaddy almost picked off that uh, short pass for a touchdown I mean they're going to be aggressive but it's going to be selective aggression and so that's where that's kind of a it's a separate rant from my, the over under but I think look for that this, this upcoming game over under one and a half picks under under I'm 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 not not I'm not not confident enough. I need to see more. Point five picks. Under. <laughs> I need to see more. I agree. I need to see more. Shane Bouchelle threw two picks against Texas State, but they were clearly not comfortable that game. I haven't seen North Texas make an offense uncomfortable since Arkansas. Twenty yeah, since Arkansas. There you go. So what a time that was. Make of that what you will. All right, you have, I guess, you want to hit me with one more? Okay. Here's one. Here's one for you. Sacks on Jason Bean. Over under two and a half. Under. Wow, really? Yeah, he's running. You're not going to see him stay in the pocket this, that, as long as he did against Houston Baptist. He's going to go. Wow. I, I think Seth's going to be like, listen, man conference we'll tell you to stay in there a little bit more but if you see if you can go send it i agree but i'm worried i'm Think worried about this way how many times was what was the most mason was sacked in a game probably like five 
<laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure one of those bowl games. I think Troy was like six. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh no no no! Let's you do can't against, change let's, your... let's do against SMU. Hold on, I really want to see this stat now. Troy, so Texas. Bad. Remember after the game where he posted the picture Troy. on Twitter and he was like covered in ice packs? <laughs> it was like that Kobe meme where Kobe yeah. has all the ice exactly on him. What it was. <laughs> um, and then we thought he broke his arm, but then came back out. <laughs> That was an awful game. Um, dang! Come on! Come on! Come on! Give me! Give me stats. I'm not gonna be able to find. It, I don't think. Can I? No, I can't. Oh well. But yeah, I'm I think under. Mason was mobile, but he's not Jason Bean, and he's not gonna be forced to throw. Jason Bean's allowed to run. So. Here we go. I got the box score now. I think. Oh. Mason find 303 yards. Individual stats. Hold on. Six sacks. I was right. Mason Five was sacked six times against Troy. Wow. Wow. What a yeah, time. Yeah, under two and a half. What a time. No. Uh, I'm, uh, I need to see it. Same thing with the offensive line as the secondary. I need to see it. I don't see the offensive line not getting him sacked. I see Jason B not getting himself sacked. <laughs> okay. Here's an extra one for you. Jason Pertle over under two and a half catches. Under. Wow. Next. You sold your Jason Pertle stock, huh? When did I buy Jason Pertle stock? You should have bought it. <laughs> For the season, he's a, he's a good receiver. He's a good receiver, Colin. You didn't get in on the stock. Can you stop with this first TO conference bit <laughs> that you got going? <laughs> Anytime I see Bruni and he brings and he sees anything Jason Pertle, he says, you know, he's first TO conference. Look, preseason selection. You're gonna make it sound like I hate Jason Pertle. No, you don't. I, I really don't. don't. He's a really he's a good receiver. No, he is. I just we just think it's funny that. He had, had him as the best tight end in conference, you say. Yeah, that's it. But again, I think he's going to be effective. I, I'm saying over. I really think he's going to have, what I say, two and a half? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to, I think he gets four catches. As a tight end or as, as a receiver? Tight, well, he, he plays slot a lot. I can see either way. I think they're going to have to hit some check downs. They're not going to be throwing these bombs, Colin. They're not going to, sorry, Jire Shorter. They're not going to be six, sorry. they're not going to be 60 yard bombs. Until Ani comes in. Until Austin Ani comes in. No, but that um that's gonna be okay. Here's here's one more. Well, last one, last one. Jeez, last one. Loaded. Jalen Darden. Six and a half receptions. Over. Why? He's gonna be the only one. No. All right. All right. That's it. That's our over under segment. We'll come back and visit this sometime, maybe. After the game, maybe do a story on it. Actually, I saw another twenty four seven site that they had prop debt, prop bets type type thing. Maybe I can. But we can't make a bet. Maybe site. I can listen to this. Well, guy. it's a fun thing. We can't host our own sports it's betting. Joke. It's a joke. You're trying to get us in trouble, Colin. <laughs> we work for CBS here, okay? <laughs> Respectable people. <Yeah. laughs> Those are good people. Okay, um, I think that's all we had. Let's see what else we got here. Save our predictions for our preview. Check that out on Friday. We have. Um, big stuff going out Thursday. Um, we have Q and A with uh SMU twenty four seven Billy and Body and uh, Roundtable with Billy, myself, Colin Kennedy, and Gabe Brooks. So check that out on the site as well. I think both of those will be VIP. So if you're a subscriber, we appreciate your uh, patronage. And you could just say support instead of being extra, but that's okay. Okay, sure. We appreciate your support, <laughs> and we hope that uh, you enjoy those. You enjoy those um, stories. <laughs> All right, Colin. Anything else? I think I think we're good here. I think we're good here. <laughs> so, for the record, you do not have them covering the fourteen point spread. No, just no prediction. But just no, you don't. No, I'm on the fence right now. I think I do have them covering. 
Because I'm a positive person, you're negative. Okay. I don't know how you're so positive. <laughs> Follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Colin, we're doing we're doing good things again. We're back on the up and up. 35 again. And whoever took away their, their okay. ratings. Colin, it's, it's okay. Okay. It's I'm okay. sorry. It's all right, man. It's all right. Don't worry about it. I got uh, heated for a second. I had to. I know. I know. It's, it's all right. I saw it in ratings, your eyes. Ratings are my life. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter at Mean Green 24-7, at CJH Mitchell, at Matthew Bruni underscore. Um, subscribe to Mean Green 24-7. Uh, it's still 30% off our annual subscriptions, and you get the first month for $1. So if you see a story you like or see a story you're interested in, you could just pay $1, and you get a whole freaking month of a subscription. So why not? Check that out. Um uh, we appreciate all of the subscribers we have at the moment. We just appreciate all of our the reviews y'all have given us, all of the support. I mean, we almost reached 200 plays on our last podcast, our last two podcasts, and I think we've hit 200 on like ones before that. Um, y'all support has been amazing, and we really appreciate that. Um, shout out Colin Kennedy for joining us today, um, the the mayor of Stout Island. Excited to see in the podcast now since it's two Collins, <laughs> two Collins. I'm not gonna make the jokes in my head. I'll tell you off here. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we will be back either Saturday night or Sunday morning um, after the SMU game. Uh, check out all of our coverage on on of the SMU game on our Twitter, Mean Green Twenty Four Seven. We'll have our pregame show as well. And yeah, from Maya Mitchell, Colin Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni. Y'all stay safe, and we'll talk to y'all on Saturday.